Hello and welcome to the Undead Wookiee podcast, episode 44. Extro from 1982 and David Cronenberg's The Fly from 1986. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here at the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. I am your host, Hugh Lloyd, and like I said on this episode, we'll be delving a little bit into body horror, and we'll be looking at Extro from 1982 and David Cronenberg's The Fly from 1986. Now, before I introduce my very, very special co-host on this episode, let's check out the trailer for Extro from 1982. Tony's father has been away a long time. Now... He's coming home. Extro has returned. Once a man, he is now something more than human. Indestructible, ever-changing, evil. His mission, to avenge, to possess, to destroy. Why did you come back? I came back for you. Oh, my God. Joe! Bearing powers of black magic from deep space. If you think hard about something, you can make it happen. Use it when you need it. Extraterrestrials aren't friendly. From New Line Cinema, rated R. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. And my very, very special co-host on this outing is none other than Mr. Peter Nielsen. How are you, sir? Doing just fine. I just reached my coffee mug, so it's now in better reach. So I'm doing just dandy. Yes. That's the, the, the secret to any kind of podcast is caffeine. Basically, yes. And since I'm doing two, uh, two episodes in a row here, I, I do need it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, we, of course, we, we're talking two films, um, mm-hmm. on this episode. Of course, we are first up, we are talking Extro mm-hmm. 1982. Yes. Right. Um, seems like the appropriate way to start, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. Now, this was my first time out with uh, Extro. <laughs> yeah, because you, I, I mentioned it to you. Yes. You said you've never uh, seen it. So, I've uh, never seen it. kind of when this episode kind of uh, fell into place. And um, it didn't disappoint on multiple, multiple levels. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but I think it's it's safe to say it's not a great film. No, I yes. But yes, there are not, and it's a big but, isn't it? It is a yes. big but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, 
know, like we said uh, offline, weird is a good way to explain this movie. Yes. Bizarre, bizarre would be another uh, good word. Biz- yes, I think mm. all of the, all of the, all of those, um, mm. just outrightly odd is... I think odd is even better. Yes, because I... I the I'll, I'll get I'll touch on that a little bit later on, but it was and it got sort of a bit of a reputation. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, for, yeah. Um, because it sort of ended up being lumped in with the video nasty sort of era. But actually, yeah, but it, it never it, it never was, no, was it? It never ever made the you know no. the, the, the 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 infamous list of seventy two. Mm. Never made those, um, and it, I think it's more for. I mean, don't get me wrong, it. I think the both films we're discussing tonight, uh, today or tonight or whatever you're listening, um, <laughs> is gooey, oozy, pussy, jelly-like, wobbly, <laughs> um, all those yeah, things. I, yeah, I have really nothing to add after that. <laughs> yeah. Bo- bodily fluids. Um, uh, yeah. Yes. I have nothing. Sounds like a good night out, really, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> watch out for those clubs. Yes. Children. Yes. Take your own, take your own Andy back. Um, <laughs> now this was directed by Harry Bromley Davenport. Yep. Um, it was produced by Mark Forrester, uh, with a screenplay by Harry Bromley Davenport, uh, Michael Perry, Ian Casey and Robert Smith based on Harry Bromley Davenport's story, um, and Michael Perry's story. Um, it stars, uh, Bernie Stegers, um, or Stegers, Stegers, Stegers. Not- Go with Stegers. Stegers. I think, yeah, yeah, I have no idea. Philip Sayer, um, no relation to Leo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Simon Nash, uh, Miriam D'Abu. Is it the best? The best Marianne Dabo. Dabo, Dabo, Dabo. Yes. Yeah, I don't really care because she's. Uh, oh, we'll get into trouble for this. She's uh, easy on the eye. Yes, and I think into as is her sister. Yes. Oh, cousin. Sorry. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I think she was hired uh, not so much on the acting front, but more the sort of jiggly front. Uh, yeah, I think so because this is uh, this is her first. This is screen debut. I think. Yes, it is. So, uh, it is. so they didn't they didn't have much else to go on. No, other than her good looks. No, no. Uh, and Danny uh, Brennan. Brennan, yes. Um, it's it, it was interesting enough, and I, I I could and it kind of fits really. It was um, released by New Line Cinema, which of course mm-hmm. Roger Corman's, um, mm-hmm. produced by Bob Shea, um, and it, it's only eighty one minutes. Yes, it is. It's very, it, it, and I feel it, it's quite short. Yeah, but I think they kind of, I don't know, I, I don't think you can really lengthen it, because there's not much to, I mean, you can't really embellish much on it unless you go to uh, when they kind of leave at the end. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and this is the thing, for a film that has a plot that is very very simple mm-hmm. it is the strangest written, written on a piece of uh, I don't know one sheet of toilet paper I think I, I, yeah well definitely I think it's one of those mm. things of oh, we've got some money um, we need yeah, to have some, yes yeah. we, need, we need we need some nudity some gore what should we do and they just were um, um, body horror yes body horror <laughs> aliens kidnap 
somebody he comes back and then madness ensues yeah but they still with the uh, let's see what was the budget do i have that anywhere it was undisclosed yeah i don't have it but i don't think it i don't think it was uh, a big budget movie but they still made it look good i mean even the effects they are they're nasty yes like you said gooey oozy and all those uh wibbly wobbly jelly <laughs> yes i mean it's, it's it's sort of disturbing I, it is and it's yeah. unnerving the film yeah. is quite unnerving for a number of, and, and what's even more kind of sort of unnerving about it is the director um harry um harry Dunport, he didn't intend it to be that way no. He thought he was just making a straightforward horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just gets some of the imagery in it, um, particularly that ending. Um, yeah. it's, even though, even when you see the creature in the, in the, in the woods when they kind of hit it, the, the couple. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's a simple effect. Someone kind of doing a, I don't know what you call it, a crab crawl or kind of a standing with the, the back to the ground. Yes, but it's it's simple, but it's yeah, and and the way they they shoot it very quickly, so you don't really get to see much of it in the movie. You have still imagery, of course, all over the web now, but but back then, you just see a quick shot of it, and it looks it, it looks sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, it does, like, and it's, it's quite yeah. an impressive monster, isn't it? And it sort of yeah. it plays very much to the sort of the Roger Corman rule, doesn't it? Yes, of don't show the monster. No. Um, Quick shots, and you establish that it's uh, weird looking and it's uh, it's scary. Yes. So, obviously, I've just come to this one fairly new. When did mm. you first come across Extra? Oh, I think somewhere in the late '80s. I think mid to late '80s. We we happened upon it, uh, rented it, uh, one of the video stores here. Yeah, I always remember. So it. it's back then. I remember it being in the video store, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it, it, <laughs> I, I, you've got to love the, you know, we, you know, you, anybody sort of uh, of the of the video store generation, and particularly, you know, in the UK, you'd go to the video shop, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the one uh, where they actually had this on VHS on on the shelf. Yeah. Um, was it Victoria? No, it wasn't Victoria Videos. I'm trying to remember the name of the place. But anyway, it was yeah. basically... Can't help you with that. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, come on, Peter. Why don't you have you know, extensive knowledge of the geographical layout of the shopping area in my little village of Herwine in South Wales? Uh, let me go to my list of uh, video <laughs> rental stores across the world <laughs> with phone numbers and addresses and complete stock. Yeah. But they used to have... They had the children's section... Mm-hmm. Right, so you'd have all like the kids' films, mm-hmm. and then right behind it was the horror. <laughs> and I mean, literally, you turned round and you were in the horror section. It's weird, isn't and it? And then you turn right, and then you had all the soft porn. Yeah, right in <laughs> the kids' kids' film. I, I, see, see, I'm not, I, I'm not surprised because that's how it was back then. Yes, yeah. And so, the, well, was, well, some places you had the porn in the back or down in the in the basement, but yes. A lot of store, uh, video stores had them kind of right there. Yeah. And I always remember sort of the seeing the picture, because yeah, obviously they had the theatrical um, poster 
Yeah, for, for extra. extra. Yeah, for extra yeah. on the VHS cover. Looks nice. It does. It does. But yeah. that kid's face. Yeah. And that, that the sort of like sort of he's almost like an evil Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you know, and the mean? title and the title itself, Extra. Yeah. It makes you wonder. Well, it does. It yeah. does. And it's sort of, you know, it, that used to be there. And right next to it was the VHS cover for The Deadly Spawn. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's, it, it's, it's no wonder I'm pretty messed up. But, uh. Um, well, we all are. <laughs> so you had like extra and then right underneath. I, it's amazing what lasts in your memory, isn't it? I can't, I, do you think I know my telephone number or, um, you know, my pin number? Nope, can't remember the important things, but yet no, no. I can yeah. vividly remember the placement of certain VHSs. Yeah, that's the important stuff. Exactly, exactly. Because your kids' birthdays, you write that stuff down. Yeah, because you, know. yeah, you can't, if you have to remember that stuff, this important stuff just goes out the head. Yes, and I mean, it's true, you know, that's the other reason, you know, besides the fact that, you know, you, you know, you obviously love your wife. But also, they are there to partly remind you when you forget important things. Yes. You know, oh, it's yes. it's so-and-so's birthday today. Is it? Yes. Huh? That's your father. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you remember to buy what I told you? Uh, hang on, I'll just pop out for a minute. Right. Oh, on, on a completely unrelated uh, issue, mm-hmm. I need to go to the car now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> by by the paper, but you can watch that. Look at uh, that up online. Uh, oh. n- no, not this. Pa- bye bye. <laughs> no, they're there to remind you of the stuff you, yes. you kind of forget. Yes. Now, obviously, you know. So, so I completely missed it. Um, and catching up with it now, I think it is quite possibly one of the strangest British sci-fi horror movies ever made. The, yeah. How about the, oh man, I don't remember the title. I've watched this one. It was based on a Clive Barker story. Mute. Oh, um. Under, they were underground and it was, and I, I'm not talking about Nightbreed. It was, a, I think it had multiple titles. I don't remember anything about it. Something that. Oh, it'll come to it. me. It'll, it'll come to me. I know, yeah, I know mute, exactly mute, which, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Oh, shit. That, that was a weird one too, but yeah. I think Extro. Uh, runs away with the title yeah. easily. Yeah, and I mean, because I mean, for those of you who were sort of kind of yeah. lost, where we <laughs> you were spending. Oh yeah, maybe we should yeah. talk about a little I, bit about the plot. I mean, essentially, the film starts off with a guy playing with his son in the garden. Um, mm-hmm. He throws a stick in the air. Do you think whilst he threw that stick in the air, the director was thinking, "This is my two thousand and one shot"? Uh, probably. <laughs> and then suddenly, out of the sky, um, he is beamed. In a bright light, um, up, uh, uh, and is kidnapped, and then three years later he returns, um, but he is not Bas- quite, not quite. No, the same. And he, he basically wants his well, not his life back, but he wants he, he wants his son. But his wife has since kind of moved on and is now living with uh, with a new boyfriend. Yes, he's got a great line in this um, where he says, "I look British, but I think Yiddish." Yes. It's a great line. It's a yeah, really, yeah, really good yeah. line. And you think, what? <laughs> Which kind of fits because he has actually been, uh, he has, well, he's mostly had small parts, but he was actually in Yentl. Yes. So if you think about that line and that movie, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, and I mean, there was, you know, the, I think the, um, the actress who plays the mother, 
Um, Bernice Bernice Stegers. Yes. She's done a ton of British television. The only thing I wrote down was she was in an episode of Bergerac because I watched it. I love the fact that you know Bergerac. Oh, oh, hang on then. You know the, the Philip Sayer, uh, the guy who plays uh, the husband who comes back? Yes. Uh, who, who, who I, as I was looking up, he died in 89, yes. only 40 years of age of cancer. That's really, it is, it's yeah. so sad. Yeah. But if you think, I, I know Bergerac. Yes. Remember a TV show about a, a guy who lived on a houseboat, Eddie Shoestring? Yeah, vaguely, vaguely. Philip Sayer was in an episode of Shoestring. <laughs> oh my God. That's... We go way back and obscurity here. It's... So Eddie Shoestring. <laughs> I think you can find bits and pieces of it uh, on YouTube, but I'm not sure you can actually get the whole show. I have to look that up. I don't think I don't think it was a a, a, a really good show, but it was interesting. I yeah. think we watched the whole thing. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's lots of those sort of shows, um, from that era as well. They were shot on film. They were shot on video. Yes. Um, so they don't, so, they, so lots of them, you know, are not around anymore. They just don't exist. Yeah, I know. It's sad. Yeah. Um, unless somebody has sort of found a v, an old VHS tape somewhere and they, they, you know, they've discovered some of these episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it, it, very, very interesting. And of course, uh, Miriam, uh, d- Dabo. Dabo. Yeah, Dabo. I think Dabo. Yeah. Uh, she went on to be a Bond girl, didn't she? Yes, she did. Living daylights? Yeah, kind of sophisticated too. Yes, I mean, I, I am contractually obliged, being Welsh, to say that um, Timothy Dalton is the greatest James Bond. Uh, okay. He wasn't a bad Bond. So <laughs> no, he wasn't a bad Bond. He wasn't a bad Bond. Um, no, he kind of went back to the to the Sean Connery way of yes. being Bond, like the... Kind of more ruthless and uh, more deadly, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think Daniel. I think Daniel Craig has kind of got a, a decent mixture going on of the two. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, Dalton was my favourite. Dalton was my favourite. Oh, yeah, really. And good. he was Prince Baron. That too. You know that is you know that that that, that that's the trump card, isn't it? You know mm-hmm. that is the trump yep. card. Uh, yeah, even though his acting in that was, hang on. Wooden. I'm here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> no, I love. Uh, uh, I love. Uh, oh, I mean, that's Prince Baron. That one. It's just. So, uh, it's just camp gold goodness, isn't it? It is just flash. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just a wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful, silly film. Yes, it is. And there's not enough of them made anymore. No. Everybody. Sadly. Far too serious. Yeah, I think, yeah, well, hopefully someone will make a movie of that ilk and yes. uh, see the see the greatness. Just, it's a movie you should just relax your brain and just enjoy the hell out of it. That's yeah. the kind of movie. And, and uh, people are too serious nowadays. Yes, and I think if you can kind of apply that a little bit to extra, you'll get a yeah. lot out of it. You'll get a lot out of it. Um, oh, yeah. Like, for me, I one of the things I absolutely loved was the synth score. It's because it's just yeah, all over the place. It's insane. It's, <laughs> That's it's, what it is. <laughs> it's just all over the place. Yes, it, it is. And I went, you know, it was it was written by the director and performed by the director. Yes. And I, it has keeping the, the cost down. Yes, but I also wonder if there was some kind of chemical stimulation involved. 
Well, listening to the to the score, I'd say uh, there's a good chance there was. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I don't crazy. know. He described it as screaming synth. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. And and out of place sometimes because sometimes like why are you playing that kind of music here? Yes, yes. And is that not out of place here? Yes. And it just goes on, and you kind of accept it after a while. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, it's you know it it's there, and it, it gives this it gives the film a really really strange feel. It does feel really really yeah, odd, as if it needed. Yeah, as if it extra. needed. Yes. Yeah, because the way that dad comes back into this world is uh, there's uh, a couple out uh, driving in the woods, and they hit a, a very weird looking creature yeah. that kills both of them. Yes, and r- kind of crawls up to a house and there's a a, a woman in there who is uh, how should we say it um, violently impregnated yes and <laughs> That's a very uh, good way of putting it yes and uh, uh just a kind of a couple of minutes later she gives birth to the dad who comes back into this world as a fully grown male yes um and he bites his own umbilical cord yeah. <laughs> Now, I was watching this on my iPad, um, mm-hmm. and my wife was next to me, and she was sort of, uh, she, she was asleep at the time, and all I could think of was, if my wife wakes up to see me watching <laughs> something this. on my iPad, <laughs> a man biting his own umbilical cord after being given, you know, what would, <laughs> what would you, what is, what are you watching? <laughs> it's like, you know, there's a couch in the house you can sleep on. Yeah. <laughs> Honey, that talk we need. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll have that in the morning. You know, and I mean, and then you see, like, you know, the the fact that this woman, after being sort of violently impregnated, mm-hmm. um, goes through the stages of pregnancy at a rapid rate of knots. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, more than painful. Yes, yes. Um, you know, the, and like the stomach is massively swollen. Oh. Man. And it, it, it's just horrible. It's just mm. horrible, horrible scene. Bloody and gooey and uh, nasty. Yes. yes. And it just gets worse. Yeah, the, there is pretty much no let up. Um, no. And it's quite interesting, really, isn't it? When you sort of, when you look at sort of uh, the father character, Sam, mm. um, he doesn't sort of intentionally kill anyone. Um, uh, he's kind no. of, he's kind of sort of, you know, even though he's sort of, he's responsible, directly responsible for the deaths of several people in the film. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the first couple there, they accidentally hit him by the car. Um, and then yep. the, you know, the second victim is obviously the woman that he kind of, imp- that he impregnates. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah. you know, and it's just, oops. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, I, I need to get back into the world looking yeah. normal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, my son's going to be a bit freaked out if I show up like this. Yes. It's just, um, and it just sort of goes on from there, doesn't it, really? Yeah, um, the way he kind of, uh, the way, the kind of the blister sucking thing. Oh. But the, it's, yeah, it's, it, you can't even explain it. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, the scene where he sort of, you know, he sort of transforms his own son is uh-huh. really uncomfortable. Yes, it is. That's kind of like he's biting his son's 
kind yeah. of shoulder, neck, and there's blister thing. It's kind of, and it's like he's kind of blowing and yeah, sucking, it's, and it's yeah, yeah, giving him a hickey. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just you know in the worst way. It's, <laughs> but it's just it it is just a sort of um, it's a horrible horrible scene, mm-hmm. and sort of the characters in this as well. They're all kind of there's nobody in this film that you really root for. No, um, no, because they're it's a, even the, I, I was going to say Marion Dabo, but that's because she looks uh, pretty in it. But <laughs> the, even she's even uh, kind of slightly a horrible person because she kind of uh, makes the, okay. She's she, setting it this up. She lives with uh, uh, the the mother, uh, played by Bernie Steggers, and her son and her boyfriend, uh, and she lives with them kind of like a live-in uh, nanny, like an au pair. Yeah. In a, in a very, very small apartment. <laughs> it's tiny. And yes, it is. And she kind of lets, when she's supposed to take care of the kid, then she was like, are you okay to play kind of with stuff in here and then go about your business and stuff like that? Cause I'm going to go into the next room and have sex with my boyfriend. <laughs> yes. Which she does. So yeah. she's kind of a horrible person too. So there's really no one. I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe the mother. But then even like the mother, you know, she's got a boyfriend, the husband shows up yeah. and it's like, nah, you're out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's... even the, even the son is annoying as hell. So I don't yeah. think there's really, maybe the, no, not him, not me, no. No, not even no, the old, no. woman, not even, I mean, no. even no, the, old, the woman old woman who lives downstairs, who kills she his pet sleep with a yeah. hammer. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and then she comes back with it. Yes. She had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's there's really no no quote unquote good person in this. No, okay. no, it's just you know, and then uh, it just gets you know to say that it gets weirdo after Tony um, sort of changes. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like it, the, the the clown sequence. Yes, um, and how sinister that little person is. Yes. Just, yes, it's just, he's just so dark, mm-hmm. and that sort of hammer that he's carrying, that's sort of floppy, r- r- floppy rubber hammer, rubbery, like, yeah. And you know the yo-yo with the blades in it. Oh yeah, got the yo-yo with the that. blades yes. in it, and he sort of, you know, that that's the, you know, that that's really, really awful. And like he manages, you know, and then Tony sort of somehow manages to bring his GI Joe action man doll. Um, yeah, the life. Commander Dome, yeah. And, uh, it, that seems so creepy. Yes, it is. Cause he moves around like uh, you'd expect, kind of like a big action man. Yeah, and it's very Doctor Who. Yes. It's very, ah, very Doctor I Who. I didn't even think of that. Yes, it is. It's very, Kind of like the, the Cybermen and, uh, yeah. yeah. And, ah. You know, and he shoots the harpoon gun at her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it, it's, yeah, yeah. Now, I'm not being funny. If I was being hunted by a G.I. Joe commando doll that had been brought to life, mm-hmm. and I'm hiding under the settee, mm-hmm. would I reach out to grab a chocolate? Uh, I'd say no. No. Um, so I think in fairness, I think her death is fairly justified. Because <laughs> if, yeah. if at that moment of crisis you were thinking, oh, I could do with a bit of chocolate... No, stupidity kind of uh, gets uh, 
gets rewarded, doesn't it? Yes, I think that's a good way of putting it. With a bayonet. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other, the other thing I love about this is all the characters who live in London, mm-hmm. they couldn't be any more London if they wanted to be. <laughs> You know, they they are just a couple sort of they're, they're a few lines away from going lava duck. Oi, <laughs> get your fucking knitters on! Oh, you slag! Um, it's the, it's that. So you're you're saying stereotypical is a good word. I think that might be um, something that's that was sort of put out there, mm-hmm. um, and like sort of. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's I don't uh, he the whole. Uh, well, okay, so the whole movie is weird, but the relationship and everything it's 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 hard to find any uh, any love or affection at all in this family actually yeah. there's a little bit between the mom and and the son, but not really yeah, yeah, well, nothing she's and you know they clearly think he's a pain in the ass, yeah, well, to be fair, it's a fair point, but yes, it is you know the fact, daddy daddy, I oh, want my daddy, oh God. And it, you know, your child knocks on the door and appears, and he's drenched in blood. Yeah. Or we'll just give the doctor a ring. We'll put him to bed. He'll be fine. Yeah. Come, let's go have sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. You know. Yeah. However, no, it's, it's... Tony does have the coolest set of kung fu pajamas ever. Yes, he does. They are cool. <laughs> they are very, very cool. Tony Phillips, Simon Nash. Simon Nash. I don't know where anything. I, 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 when I was looking him up, okay, so he had a small part in Brazil. I don't remember. It. I'm supposed he, he was one of the kids. In it. But Boy, I, yeah. I looked up voice work, and he did in Tugs. Remember that show? No. With the tugboats? Yes. It was yes, a kids, uh, kids yes, show with tugboats. Yes. When I was read that, I thought, holy shit, I watched that <laughs> with my kids. I was like, what the hell? And he was in Birds so, of a Feather. He was Garth in Birds of a Feather, which is a British sitcom. Oh yeah, I think I yeah, I think I know that. Yeah, um about two sisters who husbands go to prison after a bank robbery. Hmm. Um and, they, and again, they are from Essex. Um and they live next door to a sex mad older woman. <laughs> a sex mad older woman. Okay. Yes. Um I think older woman, I think octogenarian. Is probably oh. the the best way to describe it. Um, okay, so yeah. moving on. <laughs> in the grand tradition of sort of British sitcoms, that uh, you know, fairly bleak. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I watch my fair share of uh, British television. Actually, just put on my shelf today uh, all five seasons of. No, wait a minute. All five seasons of uh, Upstairs Downstairs. Oh, remember nice. that one? Yes. And also all three seasons of uh, Family at War, ah, the, the Ashtons. Yes. Now the thing with upstairs, I, I kind of you kind of got that love hate relationship with upstairs downstairs. Yeah, yeah. Because it would be on a Sunday night, which yes. would always be the sort of the you know the mark of oh time to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and any mention of the TV series, the British TV series, London's Burning. Oh. Uh, my wife sort of breaks out in a cold sweat. Okay. That, that was always the time for her to go to bed when she was younger. <laughs> so there's that love-hate moment with it. Yeah, but there was a lot of great uh, British television back in the day. Yes, yes, there was, there was. Um, now, 
this is, I think, when we're trying to sort of piece extra together, um, huh. which is, you know, is easier said than done. I think it is a film that's almost sort of, there's sort of multiple stories going on all at the same time, but no, but nothing really to pull them together. No, exactly, because there's a lot of, st- there's a lot going on in this movie. Yes. Yeah. But I- you never really, yeah, it's, you have to kind of, even though it's weird and it's, uh, the plot's not that, uh, it's, it's kind of thin in places, but yes. you still kind of have to stay, uh, to, I don't know, awake to, to, um, to kind of piece this together. Cause if you doze off, which is not that easy to do in this movie, but if you, if you do, if you kind of nod off for a couple of minutes, <laughs> yeah. you, you have no idea. Yeah. You are completely lost. Yes. I mean, the, the, I think it's one of those, it, it's one of those films you do have to watch and pay attention. It's, you can't sort mm-hmm. of have it on and just think, oh, I'm going to go grab a quick snack and run back. No, no, nope. can't, you, you cannot do it. It needs your full attention. Yeah, because um, all of a sudden, Marion Debo's character is up on the wall, kind of making eggs. Yes. And I'm not talking about regular eggs, because no. she's making big-ass, giant, wobbly, giant, uh, extraterrestrial eggs or yes. something. And, and, and... Yeah. What? And she's like, in, she's like cocooned up, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. She's yeah. cocooned up in this sort of, um, and, and attached to the wall. Like a, like a a slug style spout. Spout, yes. Which is just, and then there's all this green gunk uh, in the bath, and the eggs are being collected by a little clown person. Yeah, put in some green gooey stuff in the turned over refrigerator. And and, see how we can't really, if people are listening to this and they don't know about extra, they're (laughs) saying, what the hell kind of movie is is this? Well, this is the other thing as well. It spawned two sequels. Yes, I know. And uh, Harry Bromley Davenport directed all three of them. Yeah. Um, and none of the sequels have anything to do with the film. <laughs> uh, I've not seen uh, two or three. I've seen bits and pieces of it. And I'm like, what the hell? And I think so, they're out of print. They're out of print. Um, probably. And I think, well, they might. I mean, thinking, uh, since Extra is coming out now in a good remastered uh, copy and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, they're probably, you, you can probably get hold of two and three fairly quickly after that. I'm, I'm sure they'll pop up somewhere. Yeah. They usually do when there's a new release of one movie coming out. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why I do it. Um, but every now and again with certain films, I will look at what Roger Ebert has said about them. Um, mm, yes. <laughs> and he called it ugly and despairing. <laughs> Yes, I uh, kind of browsed through his uh, <laughs> yeah um, his review of this one. Uh, what did he say? Uh, he also described it as completely depressing, nihilistic film, mm-hmm. an exercise in sadness. It's movies like yes. this that give movies a bad name. <laughs> I don't think he liked this very much. No, I don't. To think be he fair, um, I wonder no. if Gene Siskel liked it though. Uh, because huh. they went uh, back, they went back and forth, it. didn't they? they? You know, they, yeah, they did. But apparently, in I two, wonder. Yeah, apparently in 2011, though, um, Monsieur Davenport was going to make an extra four. Yeah, I read something about that, um, and he was going but to be nothing. Really, came of it? No, um, because it's, you know, if you're trying to sell a film, 
Um, and your film is probably the, one of the strangest British movies ever made, trying to sell the fourth part to it as it's going to be even uh-huh. stranger. Might not yeah. be your best sales pitch. No, because people are going to say, what the hell are you going to do this time? Yeah, I mean... I- <laughs> and be afraid. You'd be very afraid. Um, mm-hmm. It's. It, oh, we'll get back to that. Oh, yes. But it's completely <laughs> surreal. Completely surreal. Yeah. And even the ending. Um, the ending for this film yes. is all over the place. Um, yes. Because originally it was going to end at the farm. Where yes, it was, wasn't it? The film was going to end. I think it, 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 I remember reading somewhere about it, and it, the film was going to end at the farm, where just after the far, you know, Sam and Tony go back to whatever planet or whatever dimension they came from, after yeah. sort of shedding all their skin essentially and becoming, you know, turning back into these sort of. Yeah, that's yeah. She was, it was just yeah. It was just kind of after they disappear. She it just kind of stops. Yeah, that's yeah. I read that somewhere. And then she but they didn't like that. Yeah, and it ends. Yes. Um, but instead, then they didn't like that, so they went back um, mm-hmm. and then reshot the ending where she goes back to the apartment and everything is bathed in white light. Mm-hmm. And then she picks up one of the eggs, and then that explodes. And it's just, I could make head no tail of what the, what the fuck was going no, on. And, no, to be after kind of after you witnessed the whole uh, clown thingy with the Black Panther and, and yes. the white lights and and the the apartment looking a lot bigger than it actually is. Yes, and and well, it you kind of are sat there on your couch thinking. What am I watching? It's, you, and yeah. what's happening? And what? And where and, did and the credits. panther come from? <laughs> I don't know. Where did the panther come you know, I don't know. Because, you know, if you're going to put a black panther into a film, there usually should be a fairly sort of clear way of doing it. Um, uh-huh. You know, you could just imagine them all sat around going, ah, we're missing something. Mm-hmm. We've got body horror. We've got... You know, we've got boobs. Uh, uh, panthers? Yes. Soul. Sure. Yes. Get me a panther. Sure. <laughs> because I, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. That's so weird. That whole scene is kind of like a, going through a madhouse. Yes. Uh, in a, in a kind of like a very, very weird low budget fair carnival yes. style. It's, and and that's kind of what it, I mean. I like a good carnival setting. Yes, uh, and always have done so. So it it kind of, uh, I mean, even though you don't understand what the hell is going on, it's still interesting because there's a the little clown and the, the the whole. You get that weird, fun house, mad house, yes, a uh, carnival feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And so you can't you you can't take your eyes off it. No, and it's deeply deeply sinister. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's deeply, deeply sinister. And I mean, the scene, you know, even where, you know, the scene where Sam is, you know, he's, um, I, I suppose, turning uh, Annalise 
where he's dragging her by her feet and the clown is dragging her by her and she starts to come round and then the clown yeah, takes that, the hammer and just that, hits her yeah. in the head. Yeah, and first he kind of looks at it and it kind of wobbles over to the uh, side and he kind of looks at it, shrugs, and then just wham in the, right into her head. Yeah, and then the next bit you see is you see the, you know, you see, you see the child then sucking uh-huh. on a midriff. Yes. <laughs> And with the, the the kind of like like the dad did to him yes. earlier with the kind of uh, weird blow up thing hickeys. I, yes. I have no idea how to describe this. Now, how do you direct a child in that scene? Okay, so I, I'm it's Marianne Debeau and she looks good, so I'm sure <laughs> the kid said okay. But yeah. still, I yes. know what you're getting at. It's, <laughs> how yeah. do you, you know? There are certain things that you know might be a little bit awkward yes um you can imagine as you know his parents standing around <clears> going uh, are you sure about that it'll be fine don't worry you'll be fine you'll grow yeah, and, up and, and yeah we're actually uh, forgetting one person it's marion de beau how awkward would exactly she exactly like you're just a kid do you really i don't really want you down there no no it's just it's just yeah it's just an insane film Mm-hmm. It is an insane film. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it, though. I thoroughly yes. enjoyed it. Same uh, here. I have, I have literally not seen this since uh, back in the eighties. I have not seen it since. I think it was out of print for a, a long time. You couldn't yeah. get a hold of it. Yeah. And uh, then I just happened upon it. I don't. Uh, I think it was at one of the the cons I go to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they have uh, a production company here that kind of. I don't give so they have these weird uh, older uh, productions yeah yeah that they kind of distribute and I found it uh, like you can get like uh, one movie for one price and then four for uh, uh, no price at all yes. more or less yeah and extra was there and I thought you know what I have not seen this in literally a shit ton of years so uh, and I've just waiting been waiting for the uh, for the right time to watch it, and I, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure what you and I were discussing at the moment. When I just, <laughs> or, or I just threw, or I just threw it out. Have you seen Extra or Remember? And you said I haven't seen it. And I, bang! Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so I haven't <laughs> seen it since then, and it was, I was, um, I was surprised at how well it actually holds up. It does. I mean, it yeah. is. It's weird. It's. It's gory, it's unexplainable. Yes. But there's something, there's something to it. And it doesn't, it's, the gore is very believable. Hmm. Um, it doesn't go down the Kensington gore route. Um, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's very, like we said, oozy, slimy. <laughs> Uh, it's quite, ooh, it is quite, quite icky. I tell yes. you what the, what extra does feel like. It would be like almost like a classic release by like somebody like Vipco. Oh. Like one of the, it feels like a Vipco kind of release. Huh. You know, it, it, it yeah. has that kind of feel to it. Um, and, and very much again, sort of, um, in line, I think we, you can, if you were going to sort of double bill this, you know, um, I did, I double billed it with the fly. <laughs> Um, but I yeah, because you're weird like that. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I think you'll make a good double bill with something like the Deadly Spawn. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, most, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would make a really good that. double bill with uh, the Deadly Spawn or, um, or something like, oh, what's the, um, oh, uh, the Video Dead. Something like that. It would make a yep. really, really yep. good, um, or you contamination. Get the mindset. Or contamination. Ooh. That would be a great double bill. Good one. Yes. See? And after that, you, uh, you kind of need to call someone. Yes. You need. You know, to. I don't feel too well. Could I come in the <laughs> office and talk for a little while? Or just give me a big shot of whiskey or yeah. something? Yeah. Just say to your wife, I'm going to need a young priest, an old priest, a copy of the Roman ritual, and just pray for me. <laughs> yes. And after, just pat me on the back and give me a yeah. beer or something on, my, on the way out. <laughs> just don't talk to me for two days. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to close the door for a little while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's, there's a reason this is a cult classic. Oh, yes. Because no. as weird as it is, and uh, it's that, I mean, that's the, oh, God, I don't really, I don't even believe I'm going to use that word in this, uh, together with this movie. That's Extro's charm. Yes. Yes, it is. And I think in some ways, um, cult classic is what this, you, know, you couldn't define it as anything other. Because no. it's, it, and this is not to be disparaging, it's not good enough to be art house. No. Um, it's not coherent enough to be mainstream. Uh, not even by a long shot, no. Um, but it shocky. is shocky, gloopy, silly, um, reasonably well made. Yes, it is. It I is. mean, it couldn't have been easy to, uh, no, no, to piece this together. No. Um, but it holds up now. You know, 30, 37 years old as this film is. Wow. It's been Uh, that long. 82. Yeah, Yeah, it is. Yeah. 37 years old. Um, and it's, it's, it's entertaining. Yes, it is. It is, it it is very, very entertaining. Is it going to be for everybody's taste? (laughs) I think the answer to that would be, uh, no. No. Do you know whose take I'd love to have on this? Would be Daryl's. I was just thinking that. I, I I think I know what he'd say. What the <laughs> hell am I watching? <laughs> I'll, I'll, we can we can mention it to him. Just see if we can play it play it to him and see mm-hmm. uh, just see if we can uh, just get a reaction. Uh-huh. So, j- just to see. Yeah, just send him a clip. Hey, Daryl, what do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I know like sort of uh, latent to certain things that he won't w- just just point blank refuses to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, he uh, surprises you sometimes. Oh yes, yes. So he does. Uh, yes. So we'll uh, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, uh, the thing uh, the, going back to the director Harry Bromley Davenport. Yes. Uh, going through his uh, filmography, I remember I recognized one title from, uh, and I of course didn't write down the the year it came out. It was called Mockingbird Don't Sing. Right. And it's based on a true story huh. that happened in 1970, 71, I think, uh, where they uh, found. Uh, it was in, God, was it in Los Angeles? I don't remember. Um, in a, in a house, they find the back of the house in a darkened room with literally nothing in it. 
they found a 13-year-old girl. They call her Jeannie. Right. Uh, and you could look it up. Uh, but the, the movie is based on that story. The, the girl had been kept from literally anything and anyone, more or less, for her entire first 13 years, and mostly sat in this black room with, uh, there's just a bed and kind of like a makeshift potty chair thing where she was, oh my God. For, the, for, for most of her time, was tied to it so she couldn't move. Jesus. No stimulant, no nothing. Mm. And it is, it's, it's terrifying. For 13 years, having no contact other than kind of like uh, her dad and I think her brother. Oh, my God. Uh, and they hinted on on, uh, on uh, abuse, too. Oh. But uh, And I think there's a movie called Secret of the Wild Child. Uh, you can look it up. Yeah. Um, so, But, but uh, Mockingbird, Don't Sing, that was the one that I kind of jumped out of me that he did. Yeah. And, uh, he's, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, these films are fairly dark, and they sort of overall yes. they are very, very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think didn't he do? I'm looking at his IMDb, and I kind of recognise Whispers of Fear. Yeah, it rings a bell. Only because he was shot in Wales. Okay, um, and then it's it, it, it's I think it's one of his very very first films. Um, I don't think it's a great mm. film. <laughs> I don't think no, it's a great film. No, but it's still, the, the title rings a bell somewhere. Yeah, I, I'm sure I've seen it somewhere. But it's mm. it's one of those, um, he's one of those directors that you, you kind of remember the name. Yeah. But you never quite know from where. No. Which is funny, because the, the Mockingbird don't sing. I think it's from the 2000s, I think, because we had it in the, in the rental store that I worked in. Yes. Uh, and it's kind of like a... A darkish cover where there's a little girl sitting in a in a chair tied to it. That's uh, yeah, it's a and fairly, then Mockingbird don't sing. Yeah, that's a fairly grim image. Yes, it is. It's it's a, I mean, yeah, just just go read up on the story. It's it's horrible. I think she's still alive somewhere. I don't, I don't remember where because she she couldn't really speak because she had no stimulant. She couldn't. She she had no language. Yeah, at I, all. I remember. Um, Going down a very dark avenue, um, doing uh, as part of my child protection training for for my job, and they talked about um, children being stimulated, and yeah. when they managed to get into the orphanages in Romania, they noticed that the children who were at the front of the rooms, mm-hmm. um. Who were in the st- who still, you know, essentially just left in these massive like playpen type places, yeah. were able to pick up language far quicker than the children who were at the far end of the room in the pens because more people would walk past and they would hear more than the children at the back of the room. Yeah, makes sense. Very dark, very very yes. dark, yes, and yes. very very sinister. Speaking mm-hmm. of dark and sinister. <laughs> the person who plays the clown um, in this film yes uh, Peter Mandel yes has had an incredible career mm-hmm. uh, Labyrinth yeah Return uh, of the Jedi Return of the Jedi um, he was in, he's been in Harry, the Harry Potter films yeah, he's in the miniseries yeah. Tenth Kingdom Ten- I was just going to say that he's you know he's he's done a fair amount He's done yeah, a fair he plays, amount of work. 
plays uh, goblins, Ewoks, dwarves, stuff like that. But he has an extensive list. Yes. See, now that's a credit to have in an Ewok. Yeah. Well. Well, it depends on which I'd, side. I'd of rather the, be a goblin. Yes, which there. side of the Ewok fence you fall on. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Can- cannon, cannon fodder. Yes. I mean, yes. Uh, no, but he's fairly. If, if, when you see him, he is fairly recognizable. Yeah. Even though he's a, a, a lot of the time he spends behind uh, uh, special effects and masks and stuff yes. like that and prosthetics. But uh, I mean, it, it, you. I mean, he's uh, has a recognizable face. So, I th- is is there anything else that we could bring to the table about extra? Uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Robert Robert Five playing the Doctor was another face I kind of recognised. Yeah, again, but, uh, he's sort of one of those popped up in sort of lots of British television, and uh, yeah, he was in. Oh, hang on, uh, an episode of Survivors from seventy five to seventy seven. Remember great that one? Series, great series. I've seen bits and pieces of it. It was three seasons if yes, I remember correctly. Yeah. The remake was not very good. Uh, I never bothered to look that up. It wasn't very, very good. Eddie Izzard was excellent in it, though. Eddie Izzard was excellent in it, but it was just not not very good. Eddie Izzard is kind of excellent at anything. Yes. With the exception, have you seen the film he did with... um, Oh, who's the actor? uh, Plays Joey in Friends. Matt LeBlanc. um, Yes. Where they they dress up as women and are parachuted behind enemy lines in World War II. I uh, don't think I've seen that one. No. <laughs> but then again, it's not a stretch for Eddie Zard to dress up. As no, well, but, but but Matt LeBlanc in drag, he is Ooh. the ugliest woman you've ever seen. I can imagine. Nope, oh. never seen that one though. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, it's one of those films that can you remember when DVD when when they sort of when they were releasing DVDs and then you could buy a DVD player and you had like the, you had films with it. Mm-hmm. But you had like 700 films with it and they were all crap. They yeah. Were just at the garb. It's, it, it's always in one of those. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I've got to look the name up for it now. It, because it's just going to drive me. It's absolutely mental. Absolutely. Drop behind him. I mean, I, I, to be fair, there's still something that. What was he? What was he? Ah, all the Queen's men. There you go. Yeah. yeah, remember the title. From 2001. Okay, so that's an avoid then. Yeah, or, yeah unless you're a sadist. Um, okay. <laughs> but it, or it's and, just, and a completist to watch anything Eddie has already yes, been in. It okay. is absolutely, it, it's a ridiculous film, but there is something really, really enjoyable about it. It's like one of those films that you catch on sort of, I don't know, you're scanning through the channels late at night and you've got like sort of movies for men on. You know, one of those channels. Okay. Have you ever okay. seen <laughs> have you ever, you ever, Yeah. They basically show like really bad, like Z World War II movies from the 30s and 50s. Um, and uh-huh. they'll, they'll occasionally have some kind of uh, spaghetti western on there. Nice. Um, they had, um, I think, what was on the other night? Kill Them All Django. Was on, um, which has Django nothing, movie, which has nothing to do with the with the original Django. I know, I know, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it was it's on there, um, and I like they'll occasionally like throw something like Navajo Joe on there or something, um, but it's that it's in R- that, Reynolds yes. without a mustache. I have that on DVD. It's I great, like that. It's one. a great one, yeah. I, and yeah. there's so many ways that they different ways that they kill people in it. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> so 
to wrap up our little our trip down extra lane um how would you score this out of 10 oh wow uh well if you go down the route of it being if it's a good movie or uh, not a good movie because this is not a good movie <laughs> do, 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 do. but if you kind of take it for what it is it is a cult classic and well don't don't have a snack while you're watching it no. just saying no. no so it's not one of those movies uh, popcorn and a beer well maybe that might help yes but uh, I don't know where to where to come in on this it's it's, I mean, for I mean, me, I would give it a 6.5. Yeah, I think I was toying around with a 6 or maybe a 7 if I'm being, if I'm being, uh, generous. So, uh, no, you know, yeah, no, let's go 7 because Marion DeBeau is in it. Yeah, I, well, there we are then. <laughs> I, so I know it's, it's hard to recommend this because it, you have to be in the, and it's hard to say you have to be in the mood for this movie because what kind of weird mood would you have to be in? It's but not the type of film where you come home and you go, do you know what, love? Let's watch a film tonight. What do you feel like watching? I'm, I'm kind of in an extra mode. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and then when your significant other says, let's, let's watch all three of them. <laughs> that's, that's when you bolt out the door. Yeah. When you go, I'm in too deep. I'm in too deep. Yep, abort. Yep. Mission abort. Mission abort. It's hard to recommend. If I mean, it, it's, you kind of have to watch it. If if you're into horror, sci-fi, body horror type movies, it's definitely one to watch. Yes, and I think it's one of those ones where you need to watch it to be able to say, well, yeah, I've seen Extra. Yeah, I survived Extra. I survived. <laughs> should be T-shirts printed. I survived Extra. Let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually contemplating buying the new Blu-ray coming out. I think, you know, if you're a completist, I mean, you know, I, I, by understanding you, you, I understand you have one or two DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, yeah, it, it, I was sitting today, uh, adding some new ones to, to my uh, collection and it annoyed the hell out of me that I stopped at 3,699. <laughs> 3,699. I was like, God damn it, couldn't I have just one more? One more. number. Yeah. So, yeah. But then again, things things that uh, to do in Denver when you're dead is on its way. So uh, there we go. The circle so, uh, no. is complete. For yeah. The so I think I'm, I'm I'm contemplating getting this on the new one because uh, if they if they clean it up, I don't know. This is not a movie I think should be too cleaned up. No. Uh, no. Uh, and but there are some extras on it, and there is a, a kind of like a, a making off, and I see that's that's why I want to kind of yeah. thinking of think uh, upgrading sometimes when you take some of these films that have smaller budgets mm. um, and they clean them up and they put and they give them the full work it, does, it takes sometimes it can take away yes yeah, it does it can take away from it um it's a movie too it shouldn't be too muddled because there's a lot of dark scenes so you have to be able to watch to yes. see but not too cleaned up because this movie i think will suffer from it yes yes I think you're right there. I think you're right. But I think, you know, if you're a fan of, of horror and sci-fi and particularly of body horror, um, avoid watching this film with like sort of nachos and melted cheese. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Desserts would yeah, be a yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Um, but you know, just check it out. Just yeah. jump in at the deep end. Jump yeah. in at the deep end. 
And there's a connection to shoestring. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you should. You, it's it's a movie that you should at least try to watch once. Yes. I yes. think. Yeah. So, up next on our journey, there appears to be something in the room. <laughs> we are talking The Fly from 1986. I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. weird hairs that were growing out of your back I, I had them analyzed but they were definitely not human if you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is I'm sure typhoid Mary was a very nice person too when you saw her socially no you're afraid to be destroyed and recreated aren't you you're changing Seth everything about you is changing oh no what's happening to me am I dying I want to know what's going on what does the disease want? Wants to turn me into something else. Oh no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. Could be contagious. Oh, I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Now, I remember vividly this, when it came out, lots and lots of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember the posters mm-hmm. coming out, and the posters and the VHS artwork were absolutely mind-blowing. Yep. The colours, um, the green, um, the clouds, the sm- just absolutely mind-blowing mm-hmm. and terrifying. Yep. Um, and I gotta say, it took me probably until I was about maybe 14, 15 before I plucked up the stones to dive in and watch this one. Okay. Uh, just because people who'd seen it and, you know, they talked about the, you know, the various, you know, various things that we're going to get into. Um, but it, it was one of those, oh my God, have you seen the fly? <gasps> have you seen the fly? Um, and yeah, it's, it, 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 it's one of those films that, I think sometimes you can go back and watch something that sort of had a profound impact on you uh, after you saw it. And then you go back and you watch it again and it doesn't have the same kind of impact. Whereas I think The Fly, it changes for a number of different reasons and for the better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, I think when you're young, when you, when you go to this film the first time, you just see the gore. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. And when you go back to it, you see kind of the finer nuances of, yes. uh, like, like. Well, will we get into Jeff Goldblum and how yes. absolutely brilliant he is in this one? Yeah. Now, of course, the Fly from nineteen eighty six. Um, it was directed by um, a certain uh, Mr. David Cronenberg. Hmm. Um, might have heard of might have heard of him before. May have heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a few little films. Mm-hmm. Um, it was based on his uh, screenplay, along with uh, a gentleman by the name of Charles Edward Pogue. Um, mm-hmm. Now there was a lot of to and fro in when they were writing the script for this. Um, yeah, I read a little bit about it. I didn't have time to, to uh, do a lot of homework. It's um, you know, and of course, this is based on the. Um, it's a remake of the Vincent Price movie from 1958. Uh, that sounds about right. Yes, it's not, I think it's 1958 for the original. Yes, yep. um, very. You know, it, it very. Have you seen it? Yes. That's okay. Yes. So it's a stupid question. Yes, Sorry. it's a great. I forgot who I forgot who I was. Talking. I, you know, I, you know, the fact you know, I remember sort of for weeks and weeks and weeks after watching it, going help me, help yeah. me. It's just a great. It's just great. Yeah, and I mean, as as ludicrous as that scene actually is, when you think about it, yes, it's still pretty messed up and scary. Oh yeah, terrible. That little that little fly screaming as the spider kind of closes in on yes. you. Yes, yeah, it's terrifying. Yes, um, and the other fascinating thing as well about in terms of production for this film, Mel Brooks was the producer on this. Yes, I know. Which is, yep. you know, and and people forget that Mel Brooks has had his hand in some some genuinely important pieces of cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not just his comedy stuff, because you know, it's, it's it, you know, no, his production company had a hand in a lot of movies. Yeah, you know, The Elephant uh, Man. Uh huh. Great, great movie. I Which love that one. Which is still heartbreaking today. Yes, it it's is. Still heartbreaking. Um, great acting. A yes. lot of great acting in it. Yes. Um, and this, and he didn't want his name attached to this nope. because he d- he thought it may detract from what people. Um, yeah, I thought, thought people might. Yeah kind of people would laugh at it yes i think it was kind of more like a comedic take on it or something like that so. yeah i mean it's got more laughs than say dracula dead and love in it um oh wow <laughs> <laughs> i kind of like that one yeah it has its moments it yes. has its moments or silence of the hands um, oh wow oh, oh i haven't oh, seen that one in oh, a long time oh it's brutal oh god it's brutal <laughs> that was uh, with um Ah, oh, damn it. Um, Dom De Lu- I think Dom DeLuise is in it. Yeah, he has yeah, a part in it. And, in it. Uh, yeah. So, wow. Mm. Going back. Wow is a good way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this, um, I still think this is David Cronenberg's most successful film. Uh, financially. Yeah, I think so. Because, I mean, he's, he's done a, a lot of uh, great ones. But I think this is what got its money back yes I, well, I, think, I mean yeah. it was made for between 9 and 15 million mm-hmm. uh, and it grossed 60 million at the box office yep um, and I know some of his sort of you know his more accessible films sort of a history of violence and eastern promises great films great 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 films mm-hmm. um, they, had a, they have a more wider appeal um, yeah N- not something like Naked Lunch or uh, no. Rabbit or no Shivers uh, I don't, Shivers Brood yes Dead Ringers is a yes. favorite. Um, so. I think uh, Rabbit is getting a remake at the moment. It is. Uh, yeah, I think is it the is the Saskia twins. 
oh shit, yes, I do remember re- yeah, it's in reading I something about I, this. Yes, I think they're not far off from wrapping production on it. Huh. Which porn star are they, they going to use this time? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Yes. So it's me. Okay. Yeah. Well, they're the they're the perfect people to do it. I think. Yes. Now, the fly. In terms of like the story for the fly, it is uh, very much the story of the sort of mild mannered, brilliant uh, scientist who's eccentric. Eccentric. <laughs> um, yeah, adorable. Somebody describes Jeff Goldblum, uh, Goldblum in this. Adorkable. Yes. Yeah. At the start, that could actually be him. Yes. Yes. Um, adorkable. Adorkable. Um, who decides that he, he gets drunk um, one night and decides that he's going to experiment on himself with his teleportation device. And unfortunately, yep. a, um, a fly gets in there with him. <laughs> And suddenly he is broken down and reassembled on a molecular level. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, mixed up with the genetic makeup of a fly. Yeah, and feels oh, hilarity ensues. Uh, hilarity ensues. <laughs> well, he does feel great afterwards. Yes. So, uh... And when you look at this film, actually, it's not got a massive cast. No. You've got uh, Jeff Goldblum, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. And uh, John Getz essentially are your main characters in the whole film. Yeah, the others are just kind of uh, small parts around. And uh, David Cronenberg pops up as a gynecologist. Yes, in a dream sequence, as he would. Yeah, just going to say that. So as, yeah, as exactly. Um, mm-hmm. What struck me this time round was yes, you know, the, I still. Cry, cry out loud and cringe when the fingernails start dropping off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. you can imagine, and I'm yeah. looking at my fingernails as we yes. talk about this now. And the fingernail because yeah. because the transformation in there. I mean, it won an Oscar. Yes, it, it, it you know it won an Oscar for um, for the special effects and rightly so. Yeah, because um, it's it's not a quick. It's a very slow uh, descent, one might say. Yes, and descent is a really good way to describe it, actually. Yeah. Um, it, it, it starts with kind of like uh, small lesions in his face and, and yeah. small changes on the hairs on his back. And, yes. And, and, and him, well, eating an, uh, an enormous amount of sugar. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, but him feeling great, great stronger, uh, and energetic and everything. And see, this is, it's, it's like a high. He, he gets a high from. Yeah. And he's, you know, the scene where he's just sort of doing the gymnastics routine. Yeah. And he runs up the ceiling. Uh, yes. You know, it's, it's, it, you know, you, you know, something is not right, don't you? Because mm-hmm. as with all Cronenberg films, um, yeah. When well, that yeah, transformation exactly. starts, what's interesting about this one that usually when people start changing in a Cronenberg film, it affects everyone else. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this one, really, it's it, it, it's contained to such a small group of people. Yep. Um, but Chris Wallace um, um, is the guy responsible for the um, the special effects in this film, mm-hmm. um, and he, rightly so, he won the Academy Award that year. Yep. Um, and it's, it's, it is just, it, to say that they, they hold up is an understatement. <laughs> yes. And it's all practical. Yes, it is. 
It is it all is. practical. It is, you know, and it shows what you can achieve. If you put your mind to it. Yes. Yes. So, uh, no, I, it, and, uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, the way, and I think also we're having an actor, uh, like Jeff Goldblum helps enhance the prosthetics and, uh, effects yeah. and everything. Cause the mannerisms he has in this one, that twitch. Yes. And that, the, the quick movements. And his eyes. Uh, yes. It's like when, like when we said, when you watch this the first time, you kind of get sucked into. Well, you get sucked into the movie. Yes. And when you watch it again, you still do, but you kind of. I, I was watching this yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, it was the day before that. Uh, I kind of like sat there, and like just mesmerized by Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Yeah, he is mind-blowing in this um, yeah. because he does go from that sort of like you said that that, that very mild like that sort of really awkward uh, yeah but he's, st- he's still intense because he, he knows what he is uh, doing is is uh, exceptional in the scientific world yes so he's very intense but he's still that kind of very private very uh, socially awkward Yes. Uh, person who doesn't really want to be around people, but there's, the intensity is still there. Yes. Yeah. Um, which gets multiplied. And I love on. the scenes, with, I know it sounds, the scenes with the baboon. Mm-hmm. Not the one that he turns into, turns inside out. No. But the drunken scene where he's talking to the baboon. Yeah. Um, and then the baboon jumps up and hugs him. Yes. After it all, I think it's such a great scene, and I think the only actor in the world who could pull that scene off, because that's not a pretend baboon. That's, no, I that, read. Uh, no, that's a real a, baboon. Yes, and you can't like I read somewhere that you can't. There's no th- such thing as a tame baboon. No, no. Uh, but the way because uh, Jeff Goldblum is, uh, uh, he is fit, yes. very, very fit. In this movie, and yes. he worked out for this movie, and and he he's a tall person. He's very he has yes. that alpha male um, persona yes. in, in the, the yeah. And they said that because of that is why it worked because baboons they can turn violent very quickly. Yes, but the scenes with Jeff Goldblum and the baboon and the way the baboon uh, worked with him, yes, kind of like the hogs and it kind of yeah. subordinate. Because he was the he was the he was the alpha. Yes, yeah, and, I, and uh, yeah, it, and it just looks like a small furry person hanging off his neck when he's having a cut with him. Yes, uh, <laughs> and it could uh, literally tear his arms off. Yes, if it wanted to. Yes, and the teeth on a baboon is terrifying. Uh, yes, they, they are, are. They're... huge. What's the film about the killer baboons? Oh, uh, there... there's a film with killer baboons. Yes, yes, uh, um, I can see the the. The, the poster for yes. Oh, what is it called? It's it's a there it's, it's the, the mountain. Yes. Is it Kilimanjaro? No, it's something Jaro. It's Kilimanjaro, isn't it's, it? Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, Kilimanjaro. Yes, I think so. Yes, that's the mountain. Yes, that's right. There's a lot of them there. Yes, in the movie. They have, they're, uh, they're mean. There's they're a lot mean. of teeth. Yes. A lot of teeth in that movie. And very sharp. Yes. But yeah. it works with the, it work in this one. It's kind of almost lovable. Yes, it is. It, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, it's it sort of. It, 
I think because they, they filmed another scene, didn't they? Uh, that never made it into the film, um, uh, because test audiences reacted fairly badly to it is where he ended up melding together a, a baboon and a cat. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And, it looks weird. I've both seen that scene. Yeah, and he beat, and he kills it by beating it, beating it to death with a lead pipe. Yes. It's fairly violent. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I think you, can, you might lose sympathy for him. Yeah, um, a little bit. But actually, you know, when you see him drunkenly sort of uh, pouring his heart out to the baboon. Yeah, yeah. And, and apologising. Sorry, yeah, sorry about your brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the baboon is sort of sat there going, ah, yeah, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why suddenly the baboon would have a New York accent. Ah, forget about it. Yeah, what are you oh. gonna do? What are you gonna do? Hey, hey. <laughs> that's kind of thing. That's kind of what he was thinking. Yeah. Um, but you know, and he just sort of he manages to bring this character um, a number, so many layers to it. Yes. And you know, and the way, and you know, with people with all of his delivery, with all of Goldblum's delivery, there's something quite sort of quite off. Yes. With his delivery that only he can do. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's like with uh, Chris, uh, Christopher Walken. Yes. The same way. Yes. A little bit off. It, yeah. There's they, they something not quite so the natural flow. There's like extra pauses in the middle of a sentence where <laughs> yes. there shouldn't be an extra pause. Yeah. You know, it's... The, 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 the Shatner way. <laughs> yes. Do you know, I, uh, completely off topic, but since you've brought up the Shat... Um, is do you know he's really good friends with Henry Rollins? Yeah, I think I read something about that. He's yeah. really good friends with Henry yeah. Rollins, and Henry Rollins has been going to his house for about fifteen years every year to mm. watch American football with him once a year. Yeah. And he's appeared appeared on two of his albums. It's weird, isn't it? It's <laughs> Henry Rollins and yes. William Shatner. Yes. Just can you can you imagine the conversations? It's, it's just, yeah, we're back in extra territory now, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, I think it's, you know, I think the other actress in this um, who does so well is Gina Davis. Yeah. Because it's not a typical Gina Davis performance. No, it's not. She was, a, she was, a, uh, her and Jeff Goldman were an item at the time, I think. Yes, they were. And originally they didn't want to cast her. Nope. They didn't want to cast her because, and Cronenberg was quite resistant because he didn't want to work with a real couple. No. Um, and they worked out perfect because she's, she's really great in this one too. Yes, she is. She's sort of, um, it's, it's, well, it's believable. Yeah, it's a, it's like, I mean, she is, even up to the end, yes. she's still, she still wants to help him. Yeah. And, she, the love is still there, even though she is terrified of him and, yeah. uh, and disgusted and, but there's still that, uh, the part, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, and I know we'll probably go into that because it's kind of like a metaphor for disease. Yes. The whole movie. But the way when, when she comes back, she hasn't seen him for a while. And when she comes back and he, he looks kind of disgusting and she still goes in to hug him. Yes. Which yeah. I thought that the time when I watched it uh, the other night, I thought, oh, okay, so yeah, sure, I understand, but he's kind of icky. Yeah, yeah, I need, I need, what but, I, but, that gradual makeup. Yeah. And like when he picks that woman up in the bar after essentially ripping that guy's arm off in an arm wrestling contest. 
Yeah, that's ouch. That's oh. nasty scene. Yes. Um, that seems, it's so uncomfortable. Yes, and it looks real. Yes. Snapping out the bone and, oh, yeah. oh. And, and then he just takes her back and then, you know what? Let's, uh, have sex. Yes. And you just think, and you know, when Gene Davis says that he smells bad and he looks bad and he looks yes. dizzy and you just think, oh my God, this is just not right. No, but that's again what we talked about. She, she's really great in this because she goes beyond that and as you should well okay so if, if someone starts turning into a fly maybe i should say you know what screw you i'm not talking to you anymore but <laughs> yeah. but if we go in go if we go the disease route yes it's she responds correctly yes she does she does and she you know she is a kid and even the sort of well, yeah and when she's sort of you know and you can see that she's when she's when she finds out that she's pregnant and oh, yes. she's trying to sort of, you know, toy, you know, can't, she knows that she wants to get rid of it, but then she's toying with it. And you, you can see there's a real sort of battle inside her going on. Yes. Um, you know, the other person. She wants, she wants the child, but yes. still she's, she's scared of what might happen. And the maggot baby dream scene. Uh, yeah, that's a nice one. It's straight out of the Cronenberg playbook, isn't it? Exactly. I think he has them listed somewhere. Yes. And I think in terms of sort of Cronenbergian films, if that is a word. <laughs> it um, is now. Yeah. For a mainstream film, this does tick a number of his boxes. Yeah. Um, but there's the talk about the flesh. Oh, yeah. Um, you've got those sort of, the, you know, the, the traumatized, you know, the, the really traumatizing dream sequences, um, the bodily fluid. Um, the body, you know, the body horror in this is, is pretty intense. Yes, it is. It's, it's, it, it go, I mean, I, people left the theater <laughs> when they were watching this movie. Yeah. I have a story. I have a story. We'll get to it. You know, uh, but, but the way, and, and again, but there's still the humor. Cause yeah. when she first comes and, uh, when she comes back and she, she starts, well, they kind of goes into the discussion that, uh, okay, we should, we should document this. Yes. And she starts filming again. And when he's, uh, when he's showing her when he's going to eat and you, yeah. when she first see him throw up and he kind of looks up and you're like, Oh, oh yeah, that's disgusting. Yeah. But it's said in kind of the manner of fact where there's, there's humor in it. I laughed out loud. Yeah. Even the first time I watched yeah. it because he, he, he knows he's disgusting and he maybe should have warned her first. Yes. But the look in his eye. Oh, oh yeah, that's disgusting. Yes. And I mean, the, the, the when his teeth come out. <laughs> when his teeth just sort of drop onto the keyboard. Yes. That, oh, it's just a, just an awful, awful moment. And then he goes <laughs> to his medicine cabinet. Yeah. And um, he has the little, um, uh, museum of yes. sorts. Um, I think any time that you go to your medicine, you know, a medicine cabinet and open it up and there's, there's no toothbrush in there and there's no sort of paracetamol or aspirin except no. a pair of sort of cock and balls. Uh, <laughs> yes. You know you're in icky territory here. Yeah, it's time to leave. Yes, yes. Um, I don't think he's got any sort of antibacterial wipes in there. Uh, that would be a, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and that's, but that's, again, that, that's kind of where the humor comes in because it's, it's funny in a way. Yes. And still disgusting. But yes. the, the, the fact that he's actually, he's, he's saving the remnants of his humanity. Yes. And as a small, as a small child, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the one thing that keeps even 
to the point where he is completely transformed and he is, he, you know, he, he is completely the fly. Yes. They, he, because of the, the wonderful acting job that Goldblum has done, you still feel something towards that creature. Yeah. It's still Seth Brundle. Yes. He's still in there somewhere. Yeah. And, yep. you know, and lots of people don't give this film the credit that it deserves. Um, because it's, it's so clever in so many ways. And there's lot, you know, there's, there's some really good foreshadowing in it. Um, mm-hmm. like the scene where he gets the, the microchip stuck in his back. Yeah. Well, it's that idea, isn't it? That, that you get the sort of, um, you know, the sort of technology in the body merging, um, yep. in one, in some kind of horrific way. And then sort of that's, that scar. Yeah. yeah. Starts festering. Yep. And the, the kind of the weird hair start growing out of it. And, yeah. uh, and, yes. uh, and it kind of foreshadows because in the end he kind of merges with technology. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it, and I mean, it, it, it's a film that does sort of really sort of, sort of eat at the idea of you, of somebody slowly succumbing to a disease. Yeah. And it's, it's basically, it's a tragic love story. Oh. One year, someone you love, is slowly dying yes. of some disease, like cancer or, or, or anything that's yeah. eating you up. And I mean, it came out obviously when the AIDS epidemic was really sort of, yeah, yeah, I know. really coming to the coming to the public, you know, to the forum. Um, sure. And it has this sort of it, 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 it's got a great way of getting that message across. And like you said, seeing Gina Davis's character respond in the right way towards him, yeah. Um, it's quite, ref- you know, it, it's quite refreshing in a film. Um, because it could have quite easily gone down the damsel in distress route. Yeah, exactly. And she's not a damsel in distress. No, no. And even when, you know, and I think one of the most complex characters in the whole film is, uh, John Gett's character. Um. Yeah, the, the ex-boyfriend. Yes. The, the editor-in-chief and the, her boss. Yeah. So. And he's, you know, the fact that he stalks her. Yeah. And when she comes home and he's in the shower, oh, I was just in the neighborhood and fire feeling, uh, and you, you, you what? He just, just, yeah. And he keeps the key. Don't, yeah. 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 And she says, the key, please. And he's like, no, I'm just going to hold on to that. So like, no, no, you're not. It's, yeah. it's, so he's he's a douchebag, but uh, I mean he's he he doesn't give up either. No, for no. some reason there's there's the love uh, kind of like the love triangle. He still has feelings for her, and st- and then again he wants the story, of course. Yes, but I think down when it boils down to it, it's feelings for her because if it was just a story, he would have said, you know what, I'm going to die in here. Screw that, and he's out the door. But yeah. because he still loves her, that's why he comes back to try to save her at the end. Yes. Yeah, he does. And I think um, he, 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 he redeems himself, doesn't he? Because I think it's yes. fair to say um, he's going to walk with a slight limp. Yes. And, so, and have a hard time using one of his hands. Yes. Because it's not there anymore. <laughs> that... The where he vomits on his uh, hand, and yes. it just melts. It, it just melts away. Yep. <laughs> and then he goes. And then he goes for his uh, for his leg, and you kind of just see it eating down through it. Yes. It's, uh, 
And then he goes up and open his mouth and is just going to vomit all over his face. But that's uh, that's yeah. where uh, the, the John gets his character gets saved. Yeah, yeah, it is but, just. Ugh. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's just an awful scene, and the screaming. Yes. Um, I th- it's oh. Because you can imagine that that hurts. Yes. I've tried. I, I have a, a, a good sized scar on my arm, on my elbow, where uh, when I worked at a chemical factory and uh, a, chemo- a chemical facility, and I got uh, acid in. It, oh. There's a hole in the end. Yeah, it, it hurts. Yes. So I can imagine when your whole hand just kind of disintegrates like that. Yeah, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not pleasant, is it? No, it's no. not. A ple- you know, it's it's not something that you sort of generally sort of go, oh yeah, a bit of acid. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, it'll blow off. It's a flesh wound. Yes, uh, <laughs> it, it is. <laughs> in a nasty way. Yeah, in the worst possible way. <coughs> but you, going back to like the idea of it being a love story, actually it's something that really took me by surprise, how much of a love story it is. Yes. You don't uh, think about it when you watch it the first time. No, completely not. Completely nope. not. It's that sort of, you know, you just sort of, you you're surprised by it. Um, because you, all the first time you watch it, you know, all you see is the, you know, is the, you know, the, the testicles in the, you know, in the mm-hmm. cupboard, um, yeah, the and, vomiting and the, and the, yeah, the him the, running up the ceiling. You see all the disgusting bits. Yeah. And, the, <laughs> but actually at the heart of this film is somebody dying of a terminal disease. And, yeah. And, and uh, think of it, at the end, he's desperately trying to hold on to his family. Yeah. Completely. After after he finds out that she's pregnant and she wants, kind of wants to get rid of it, he really, really wants the family. Yes. Well, he does, doesn't he? And he says about it, we'll be one perfect family because we'll all be together. Yeah, he takes it a step too far, perhaps. But he's, he wants his family, but his, the sly part of his brain... Uh, kind of takes it too far. And I love the conversation. And I think it's only Jeff Goldblum could get away with the uh, fly politics line or insect, yes. insect politics line. It's I mean, great, isn't it? Yes. Because he has a few moments, doesn't he, where he talks about diving into the plasma. Yes. He dives in, you know, diving in. It's just, it, it's a great, great, great line. Mm-hmm. Great line. And he delivers it so well. Yeah, with that weird twitch and the the, the uh, kind of the quick moments he has with it when he with his head yes. it's, it's not like he, he kind of uh, uh, turns his head to one side uh, like a normal person would it's it's a quick fast movement yeah and it's very precise yes and then and then the twitching comes in and it's uh, yeah it's uh, and uh, with the speeches he he makes you, you just it, there's humor in it, but it's you're kind of scared. Yes. Of this kind of of, of that kind of humor because yes. you never know what's he going to do after he delivers the uh, what's going to happen. Is it just is he is he jumping me or is he? Yeah. So mm, yeah. And it's, it, it is that sort of warning to her, really, isn't it? The insect politics line. It's yes, it is. Of, yeah, I'm going to hurt you if you stay here. I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. Uh, and it, again, if the character if you know, he hadn't built up so much pathos in this film. It, that line could have come across as threatening and hammy, but it doesn't. No. And he, and Goldblum's, he wants to save her. Yes. And Goldwyn's face when she leaves is, is heartbreaking because. Yes, know, it is. Cause he, it's crushing. Yes. 
he just completely sort of just he just breaks yeah. down, doesn't he? Yeah, because there's the part of him still there. I mean, it, it, there's there's the fly part. There's uh, the mix of them, which yes. is not a pleasant person either. No. And then there's the Seth Brundle who loves her. Yes. yes. And desperately wants to save her. Yes. Now, again, this film has a fantastic score. Howard Shore. A, yes. It's got a brilliant, brilliant score. Um, and again, you forget how good it is. Yes. How good it is. Because you don't think about it the first time. No, no. And, I, you know, it's sort of... Um, there's a lot of movement in it mm-hmm. and it does sort of, you know, it, it works really, really well um, in terms of sort of how the film moves with the score, with this, because I think if you listen to the score on its own, it's fantastic. And yep. sometimes when you have a really fantastic score, it has, it, sometimes it can overpower a film. Um, whereas this just sort of really just goes, it sort of moves throughout. Yeah, it should. I mean, you should notice it, but, uh, not overly notice it. Yeah. That's, that's the power of a good score. Yeah, completely. Cause I mean, this film doesn't hang about. It's 96 minutes and mm-hmm. it starts, you were right into the action almost immediately. Yeah, I, for, I forgot about that. So when it started, when I popped in the Blu-ray and, and they're just there, I was like, wait, did I miss something? Yeah, cause it just, like jumped. Kind of, they're just there talking. Yeah. I was like, what? I didn't remember that. I thought there was some some kind of uh, basic uh, start of the movie, but no, it's right there. Yeah, because you sort of, you know, I think if because there were there was talks of remaking it again. Um, I think in about two thousand and six there was talks of remaking it again. Um, <clears throat> but stupidity. Oh, completely. I don't. Think, you know, <laughs> it, it, I'm not one of these people who instantly goes, "Do not remake it. Do not." No. But on one of these occasions, it, this is one of the occasions where I've gone, eh, not a good idea. You don't, you don't have to. No. But what this film does is, you know, I think if anybody else had made it, you'd get the scene where you see him in the lab. First of all, you'd see her. There'd be this character established, you know, they'd establish the characters and then they'd sort of move into it. But the fact that you're yeah. thrown headlong into this with yeah, both you, of those you characters. Can't. Yeah, you grow into the characters as you go. Yes. Which is kind of cool when you think about it, because that's when, that's, you kind of get what they're getting. They meet each other at this party. Yes. And it goes from there, and that's real. Yes. Uh, They don't have an establishing story of, uh, well, you as a viewer, but you kind of get it from their standpoint too, because you, it's completely new for you too. You don't know anything about these. So you say, what was he working on? And who who is she? And then it kind of slowly builds up to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it works. And I mean, it's that sort of, you see them falling in love. You see, mm-hmm. and then from there, because of their act, you get to see the sort of, um, the pain, the, 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 the joy of it, the slow breaking down of it. You know, I think the scene where they're in the coffee shop and he's got the cappuccino and he's just ramming sugar in. Yes. And then he's talking and about he's, his new power. Yeah. And he just keeps pouring sugar into it. Mm. And, 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 huh? Sorry, I was, I was just taking a quick swig. Okay. <laughs> Just taking a quick swig of energy drink. Um, One needs that look like Seth Brundle. Yes. Yes. No, but again, the way, uh, the, the kind of like the, the boyish bungling kind of dork that he is at the start. When they first come to his lab, sleeping quarters, house, yes. whatever the hell that is. Yes. The first thing he does, he almost hurriedly goes over to the piano 
and kind of awes her yes. by playing it. Like, oh, look what I can do. I have yes. to do something to make her like me. Yes. And yeah. it's, it's, it's like, oh, okay, really? Yeah. And then again, we've all done it. So, uh, yeah. we, we can kind of see ourselves saying, well, I don't, I've never played the piano though, because I don't know how, but you knew the, the thing you're good at, you kind of, you slip it in there quietly, don't you, to try and impress? Yes, press. exactly. And he doesn't even slip it in quietly because he kind of <laughs> more or less runs over to the piano. Look yes. what I can do. And he starts playing. It's not subtle at all. No. It's not subtle at all. And then he's, he's so likable. He's like a big yes. sort of, you know, it's almost like a sort of, uh, like a golden retriever, isn't he? In, yes. in so many ways. Um, he's just yeah, desperate, he, desperate to please. Yeah, and he comes off as harmless at the start of the movie. Because even when, again, people know this, I'm sure, when he uh, when she asked him, "Don't you ever change your clothes?" and he said, "Yeah, every day. I'm clean, yes. take a bath, and everything." And then she kind of opens the, the and she he has what is it four or five, five identical yeah. sets of clothes. Yes, because he doesn't want to think about what to wear. Yes, and it makes him likable in a strange, uh, I don't know, uh, harmful way because he's yeah. harmless. Yeah, and he's sort of you know it's. It, it, <coughs> I've known a couple. Um, scientists in my time mm-hmm. um and one of them i used to play five or side football with um, okay and to say that he reminded me very much of <laughs> seth brundle would be an understatement um, okay you know and and you can clearly see uh, he was a, I think he's a particle physicist um, okay inc- just do you know where you know where somebody's sort of mind is very much on that razor's edge. Mm-hmm. You know, he could quite easily work out very, 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 very complex math, you know, mathematics. But you ask him to talk to a girl and he'd probably burst into flames. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and sort of... I can see that. You know, and you can see that in Goldworm's character and he captures it absolutely perfectly. Yes. Because um, you don't... He, he don't... It, it's... it's um... It's, it comes down to distractions. Yes. If you have to uh, kind of think about what to wear, it, it takes your mind off uh, what he uh, thinks of as important, yes. his work. Yes. Doesn't he do kind of like a similar thing in Jurassic Park? Uh, yes. His character there, he, dress, he dresses in black all the time. Pretty much. Yeah, I think there's something similar like that. Yeah. 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 I think I there's mean, a similar thing there. I mean, Goldblum has got, had a an amazing career. I think when you think about like his first film was the remake of the um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh yeah, that was um, a good one. That's a great film. Great film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's very and he's and he's gold blooming that. Yeah, he's gold blooming that. And then you know we sort of move down the line and we get the fly, and we get Earth, Earth Girls are easy. <laughs> <laughs> he was even in uh, we covered Death Wish, Death uh, Wish a yeah. while back. Yeah, yeah, he's in that one. Uh, that was one of his first, I think, uh, small parts. Yeah, and he's and he's bonkers in that. In fact, it yeah. is his first. He's his credit in that is Freak One. Yes, and he know, is. He's you know, he was in Annie Hall. Um, yeah, you know he was in the right uh, stuff. He was in, yeah, um, I love him in Buckaroo uh, Banzai. <laughs> I love Buckaroo. He was in Trans- Transylvania Six. 5,000. Yes. Remember that one? Oh, God, yes. With, with Gina Davis, too. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that again. Only because <laughs> I don't know whether or not it's funny still. It is. 
I think it is. I, I watched it, uh, well, a couple of years ago. And I, it, it, again, that's the kind of movie you don't really want to overthink it or think at all. Just yes. watch it. Do you know one of my favorite Goldblum films, though, is Deep Cover with Lawrence Fishburne? Oh, yeah. I, think I remember it's that one. Really, really good film. Really, really good film. I haven't seen that one in a while. Yeah, where he plays the, um, I think, is he the, I think, yeah, he's the, he's the drug dealer, isn't he? And Fishburne's the cop. Um, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah, about yeah. right. Yeah, it's absolutely. I have to revisit that again. Yeah, it's such a good film. Such a good film. Um, and he plays a really good villain, Goldblum. He plays a really, really good yes, villain. Yes, he does. Yeah. You I know? think, uh, let's see, he did one called, I Oh man, I vaguely remember that one, Mr. Frost. Yes, where where he plays, uh, well, the devil. Yes, essentially. Yeah, if I remember, I remember almost nothing about. It. I remember there's a scene where they're sit, they're sat talking, him and uh, and uh, well, I'm not going to say I, I remember the other characters <laughs> who it was, even the even the actor. But there's the look and the, the you get a, a shot of uh, a close up of. Jeff Goldblum, and you think that the light in his eye changes to kind of like crosses in his eyes. Yes. yes. Which is kind of cool. I don't remember anything about the movie. I think he, he was probably the best part of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, mm. he's, you know, he's done a lot. He has done a in, lot. Into the Night. Yes. Yeah. Ed Oak and Ken. I remember it. That's sick. What, what you remember? You don't remember birthdays and stuff like we talked about earlier. You remember? Yeah. But I, I remember how the trailer starts. <laughs> it's, it's like his character's name is Ed Ogan and it says Ed Ogan can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such. And it goes in. Yeah. Huh? It's like um, I was doing some work at the garden the other day, and um, somebody um, we've just invested in one of the you know. Um, is it the Alexa things from ah, Amazon? Yes, yeah, yes, we read. Yes. And uh, my brother-in-law was down, and um, you know he's a punk, and mm. uh, I didn't realise. And I, all I heard was the first sort of two two bars, maybe not even, or maybe half a bar. And it was the damned. And the reason why I recognised it, it was from. Can you remember the TV series The Young Ones? Yeah, duh. Yeah. Well, when the damned <laughs> in the video nasty episode where the damned uh-huh. are playing in his living room. <laughs> In yep. the living room, and that's what I remembered it from. Yep, you know, it's just as you should. Yes, it's just like it's boom. the young ones. Yes, well, you know, it, it, that I, was I, a that's a great show. Great show. It's a yes, brilliant it was. show. Just you know, the University Challenge episode is incredible, <laughs> absolutely incredible. You know, oh, man. Oh, it's I need great. to go back and watch that. Oh, it's oh look, I got to see. I got when he had, when Neil gets a, a well, he doesn't really, but in his mind, he has a lot of extra arms. Yes. Like, oh look, look! They, they, they kind of all look at him at like, what the hell? It's when he joins oh, the man. police force, oh. and he's knocking on the door. <laughs> Open up, Mister Pigs, Mister Pigs. <laughs> oh, he's having a, he's having his bath, and it's all it's just mud, and then he yes. reaches in and pulls out a bike. It's just just genius. Yes. Genius. Everything about it. Yes. You know, it's, it's a great sort of, uh, it, I think it captures that period of time. Oh, yes. I don't think you could do it today. Oh, no, no way. No, no way. Uh, and when Mike is doing nailing plates to the table. Yep. And he gets up and he's nailed himself to the table. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the flight. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, where did we get no. there? There was Jeff Goldblum and we talked about that. Okay. So, so back. Wait, did you see this one when he was in the cinema or was it on VHS? Uh, I saw this and I have a story accompanying it. We saw this, me and a friend, a good friend uh, that I've known since we were eight, nine years old. Yeah. Uh, we saw this in the theater and we got, and his older sister and, uh, one of her friends. No, wait a minute. It wasn't a friend. It was a cousin. Right. <laughs> they wanted to see it. So, uh, we tagged along because we wanted to, of course, to watch the fly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, we had a great time watching it. The girls, not so much. <laughs> they were totally disgusted by it. Yeah. And on our car drive back, when we, we literally just got out from the car, uh, yeah. from the from the uh, theater, and sat in the car, and said, "You know what?" And uh, me and uh, George kind of looked at each other. You know, are you hungry? Yeah, let's have a burger. <laughs> and his sister just looked at us like, "Are you? Are you friggin' mine? We're not stopping for food. Yes, we are. We're hungry back here." <laughs> so we kind of nagged her a little bit there. I don't think we ever stopped for a burger, though. Like, but I, yes, but we took it further. <laughs> uh, on the ride home, we just sat in the back going like this. <laughs> it got to the point where she looked at us and said, if you keep that up, you're going to walk home. <laughs> so, yeah, we uh, saw it in the theater, had a great time and actually a great time riding back. Yes. So uh, there's, there's nothing quite like being able to torture somebody on the way home. Uh, exactly. Yes. But we, we, we kept quiet after she uh, kind of threatened us with the... Throwing us off in the freeway. So, uh. <laughs> so for you, Peter, is there anything that really stands out um, with the fly? Uh, well, <clears throat> uh, all uh, effects aside, yeah. the, the, the effects in this movie are absolutely fantastic. But what, having watched it a couple of times, you kind of see past that and you see the, the greatness of Jeff Goldblum in this and also J Gina Davis. But Jeff Goldblum and his acting in this one is is mesmerizing. Yes. Every time he's on screen, which he is a lot, of course, because he's the, yeah. the central character. Yeah. But every time he's there, yes, you kind of focus in on, on him. Yes. Because everything about it, like I said, the, the kind of slight twitches that get worse over, yeah. uh, over the time, but everything and the way he delivers his lines and the, everything about it, the brilliance of Jeff Goldblum in this movie is fantastic. That's yes. what you get when you watch it a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Completely. And I think in terms of, it's a great, this and I think the, the dead zone. Mm. are really, really good gateways into Cronenberg. Yes. Yep. I think they are... I'd, really, I'd agree with that. I think they're great, great gateways to, to, to get into Cronenberg because as incredible as Shivers is and um, Scanners... Mm -hmm. and, I love Scanners. Yes, yeah, a great... Michael Ironside is just superb. Yes. Uh, you know, and the... You know, Dead is, Ringers. Have you seen Dead Ringers? Yes. Yes. Now that's a fucked up film <laughs> yes <laughs> I wasn't going to say it but I agree wholeheartedly in, in the best possible way yes um, it's Jeremy Irons oh again just a great uh, there's something quite chilling about Jeremy Irons even when he's yeah. being nice yes and, <laughs> and, and, and in Dead Ringers we have two of them yes because he plays his own twin it's, yes 
it's you know i think this is a great gateway for somebody to get into cronenberg um some people might say nightbreed um yeah i like nightbreed i like nightbreed i do think it's a bit of an acquired taste though yes it is i think it's an acquired taste book is fantastic yes yes it is um but novel yeah i i think you know when you look at the fly it is a superbly crafted film uh, yeah, and and, and um, even though people should have watched it by now, it came out in friggin' 1986. Yes. But the ending, and I'm not going into particulars, but the ending is so sad. Yes. It's so frightening, it's so chilling, it's so scary, and it's so heartbreakingly sad, and it just goes to end credits. After. Yes, oh, it doesn't hang about. The film does not no. hang about. It doesn't, it, it doesn't linger at the beginning, and it doesn't nope. stay too long at the end. Nope. Um, I think it's the classic sort of Pyrrhic ending, isn't it? Yeah. It's that sort of, um, it's, it's, you know. Because it can't end on it any other way. No. There's no way. No. There's no way that this film and everybody dances off into the sunset. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Or think, flies or off fly, into the sunset, yeah, yeah. as it were. <laughs> I don't think that can work in any way, shape or form. No. Um, but it is, I think Gina Davis is superb in this. Yep. Um, John Getz is superb. Um, yep. I mean, it does pop back up in the sequel. Um, with yeah, the, I've yeah, I I kind of enjoyed the sequel. I think I haven't seen that in <clears throat> ages, but I yeah. kind of enjoyed it with Eric Stoltz. Yes, good actor. Yes, yes. So John Getz is he's in the he yeah. in the second fly. Yeah, hmm. he can, don't even he, remember. Basically, he he sort of. Uh, He's the embittered employee of the company that sort of now owns the the, the teleportation uh, things, and uh, and obviously Gina Davis uh, has given birth to. Uh, Jeff oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. Now it's all yeah. Okay, yeah. I had to jolt my memory there a little bit. Yes, okay. But it's uh, got you it. Know, um, it's okay. It's not. A, you know, it's obviously it's not this one. No, it's not. No. So for the fly, where would you come in on the fly out of ten? Oh, it's it's perfect in any way. It's a, it's a 10. It's a, wow, that's a big call. Yeah, I, me, I, I guess because everything about it and the music and everything, I don't think there's... No, no, I'll stand. I'll stand by my 10. It's a 9 for me. It's a 9 for okay. me. It's a 9. Um, but pray tell. The reason why I, can't, I you know, I think there are very there are very few films out there that are 10s. Okay, um, yeah, well, yeah, okay, so 9.5. Yes, 9.5. Yeah. I'll put it 9.5. Yeah. Yes. Um, for me, The Exorcist is a 10. Um, because it is my favorite film of all time. It, I think it's the greatest film ever made. Okay. Um, Mine is, I think, Once Upon a Time in the West. So right. It's a, high it's up a there. magnificently beautiful film, that. Mm-hmm. It's a magnificently film. Uh, film. It's just, it's, yep. it's so cinematic. Yep. Um, but to fly. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'll say, okay, so 9.5. You got a point there. Yeah. Uh, I, so, I, 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 you know, I, I love this film. I think it is, like I said, it's a great gateway into uh, Mr. Cronenberg's uh, filmography. Yep. Um, you get Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum at the top, top, top of their game. And John, John Getz is great in this as well. Yep. Um, and it's, if, you know, and it's a good, and again, it's a great way into body horror. It's a great yeah. way. Um, I remember well, someone man. very early on, uh, when we were showing me Tetsuo Body Hammer, um, and sort of saying, oh, it's body horror, this and that. And I remember just thinking, what the hell is going on? Um, mm. But this is a great, it's, it's just a superb film. It's a superb film. 
Yeah, because I mean, if you if you start off with movies like shit, well, it, you would have if you were uh, as old as I am. You would have started <laughs> with the early ones. But but you come into it now. If you start off with Shivers or The Brood or stars stuff yeah. like that, it's yeah. kind of hard to get into it. I think this is more mainstream. Yes. Uh, which is well mainstream and in, in quotation because uh, yeah. it, it's not mainstream, but it is. I think yes. this and Dead Zone are the the way in, and then you go yeah. to the more yeah. the weird ones like Videodrome or Naked Lunch or yeah. Naked Lunch. I couldn't explain if you even wanted me to. I've seen it twice, and I still haven't got mm. a clue what's going on. No. I even have the book. I still, I still don't know. <laughs> Just, I haven't got a Scooby Doo. Good movie, good movie though. Yes, but, yes. Yeah. Uh, Peter yeah. Weller, isn't he? Peter Weller's in the Naked Lunch. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, not a clue. A talking typewriter, talking <laughs> typewriter, buggy thing. Yeah, never. Maybe not going into that. Yeah. We had a hard time explaining the extra. <laughs> <laughs> Naked Lunch is even worse. Yes. So, my good friend, where can my listeners find you? They can find me uh, on retromoviegeek.com, which I will be I'll be off this conversation and into in a couple of minutes. Yes. And they can also go to forgottenflicks.com and hear some of our older episodes and read some of my uh, older reviews. I, I've said this to you before, Peter. You, I know you, you, I, you need that extra hour in the day, but you need to I do know. some more. You need to do some more. Yeah, I know. I have... Uh, almost four already done, so I will be uh, getting them out there. So uh, I, I will start it. I, I need, I need, I need to get unemployed. I think, because <laughs> that wouldn't work either. Because then no. I would have to move, and I all the time would go to kind of finding food and yeah. shelter and stuff. So no, <laughs> no. But I will. I will. I am trying to uh, get get a little more time and get into because I enjoy the writing aspect yes. of it too. Yes. So and so and you're very. They're great articles. I love reading them. I do love thank you very much, sir. Thank you. So, Peter, again, thank you so much for being on. You have an open invitation to come back at any time. Thank you. Any I enjoyed this. It's been going great. back to revisit Extro and, and also The Fly, because it's been a while since I watched yes. The Fly. So it's uh, it, cool going back to them. Honestly, it's, it, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And once again, thank you so much for being here. I am happy to be here. It's always a blast. So we'll see what we can dig out next time. Excellent. Take care, my friend, and speak to you soon. You soon. Okay, I want to say a big thank you to my fantastic co-host and my very good friend, Mr. Peter Nielsen. Thank you so much for being on. Always a pleasure, never a chore. And I can't wait for you to join us uh, again because I'm sure we're able to uh, discuss some of the more curious end of the horror market. <laughs> now, up next, we have got What the Wookiee Watched. So... On this segment, uh, the next two films we're going to discuss uh, have been sent to me by the very, very kind and generous people over at Witchfinder PR. And you can follow them at Twitter, uh, on Twitter, sorry, over at uh, Witchfinder PR. And the first film uh, we're going to look at is a film called Miss Leslie's Dolls. Now, this was released in 1973, and it was directed by Joseph P. Perieto. Uh, it starred Salvador Ugati, uh, Terry Justin, uh, Marcel Bichette, Kitty Lewis, and Charles Pitts. Now, this film uh, essentially is a bit of a lost film, really. Um, it's been given a fantastic restoration by the BFI. Um, 
And they've done a really, really good job, like I said, because essentially this was a lost print. Um, And it's certainly a film that is... Um, how should we say? It certainly belongs in the curiosity box. Um, and the the story is very, very simple. Uh, you have uh, a group of people, a group of students, in fact, and their teacher, who are stranded in the backwoods during a thunderstorm. Uh, a beautiful teacher and her three promiscuous students take refuge at a lonely house owned by the middle-aged Miss Leslie. Miss Leslie, however, is less a mild-mannered spinster and more of an axe-wielding, cross-dressing uh, psychopath intent on transferring her spirit into the nubile body of any of the girls who are foolish to go and visit her, I suppose. <laughs> um, this film is absolutely bonkers. Uh, it has got some totally, totally bizarre dialogue. And like I said, this is a genuine example of um, grindhouse exploitation cinema. And I say that because... It 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 is a it's probably the truest um, experience that you can probably get without because I think we have got lots of sort of uh, films that are masquerading recently as Grindhouse, but this really is an exploitation film. Um, it's 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 got some ridiculous lines that wouldn't be out of place in an Edward movie. Um, <laughs> some of the acting ranges from bizarre to just outrightly strange. Um, The aforementioned Miss Leslie, uh, all of her dialogue or his dialogue is dubbed over by another woman and the lip syncing doesn't quite match up. Um, It's very, very simply shot. Uh, Now, despite all of its oddities, despite some of the totally bizarre dialogue uh, and performances there is something really quite compelling about this film. Um, You know, you've got people like uh, Ray Cleely, um, the character who's played by Charles uh, Pitts. He simply has got one thing on his mind, and that's getting uh, his teacher and the two other students he is with in bed with him. Um, (laughs) It is a bonkers, bonkers film. Um, However, it is something that should be experienced. It really, really should be experienced. It comes across as a bit of a, cr- a blend between, I would say, Psycho and with a bit of House of Wax thrown in. Um, I really, really enjoyed this film. If you like um, B-movies and you like exploitation, you like Grindhouse, this is definitely one to see and it is great to see that the BFI are helping uh, restore these films and bringing them back Um, this is available to buy um, on the 3rd of September you can get it on Blu-ray and DVD from Amazon and it is brought to you by the good people over at Network now like I said the Blu-ray is a really really good uh, Blu-ray it's it's got a great picture um 180 HD quality. Um, it's about 89 minutes. And uh, it, I, look, you've got to watch it. Like Extro, it's one of those films that you've got to experience. It's really, really worth it. Unfortunately, no trailer available of it at this moment in time. So, up next, we have got a British film from 1971 called Assault. Let's check out the trailer. 
shortcut from school. A shortcut to terror, as in the darkening depths of the ravine, danger waits, watches, and finally uncontrollably attacks. Assault. Look for a young man who's shy with women, who lives at home with no father and a domineering mother, or... Or someone older, a psychotic, living alone with no one to observe their behaviour patterns. Or it could be the middle-aged type who hangs around school playgrounds and coffee bars. You know why I'm asking? Why we have this rule about girls not walking home? Yes. Which way did she go? Assault. A sensational film that will certainly shock you. Okay, that was the trailer for Assault from 1971. Uh, Assault was directed by Sidney Hayes. It was written by John Cruz and Kendall Young. Uh, or based on his novel, sorry, Kendall Young. And it starred Susie Kendall of uh, Bird with a Crystal Plumage fame. And Frank Finley, Freddie Jones, James Lawson, a very young Leslie Ann Down, uh, Tony Beckley, Anthony Ainley, uh, Dillis Hammett, James Cosmo, uh, some of you may remember him from uh, Braveheart and Sons of Anarchy. And this is, how can I say, this is very, very much a very British um, jalo. And it certainly um, ticks all the boxes. And the story, again, is very Jallo-esque. You have a schoolgirl rapist who escalates to murder. He is then hunted down by Detective Chief Super uh, Valen. And he is assisted by the psychologist. And um, he is the, the girl's art teacher uh, who witnessed um, the killer escaping. And uh, it's very, very, uh, it's a very British giallo. Um, this film, even though we're dealing with rape and murder, um, there is very much a sense of British decorum to it. Um, everybody gets covered up. <laughs> um, there is, uh, it, and at times it does feel a bit like... Um, Carry on, uh, carry on, Jallo. I think that is the best way to describe it. Um, like I said, you've got a very young uh, Leslie Ann Down who picks up, who pops up as the first victim. Uh, then you've got James Cosmo. Uh, you've got Freddie Jones in this. Now, Freddie Jones, if you remember, he starred in Krull. Um, and he has appeared in so many, so many things. He's a great, great character actor. And he plays... Um, a sleazy sort of tabloid journalist. And he's absolutely superb in this film. Absolutely superb in this. Um, the other thing that which you kind of notice in this is that every woman under the age of about 35 wears very, very short skirts and high knee boots. I think it seems to be something that uh, everybody during this period of time was wearing. Um, and I think at times you can kind of see there's a bit of a sexist attitude that runs through the film, um, which you kind of look at now and go, oh, my God, are they really doing this? Um, however, um, the 2K restoration by the BFI is superb. There um, 
is a real um it's got some great twists and turns in it it does keep you engaged right up until the end um there are some great performances in this like i said freddie jones is superb as the tabloid journalist um and there's a bit of a, you know there's a real sense of creepy um seediness about the rapist and murderer and the black you know, and essentially you know and again you get the black gloved killer um you don't get to see him uh, until right up in the end. Um, it's got a great, great score. It's got a brilliant score. Really, really enjoyed that. Um, a very young David Essex also pops up in this. Hold me close, don't let me go. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. I sang a bit of David Essex. Um, <laughs> like, uh, very, very young. Uh, I think he, he, you know he's. Uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that he actually gets blown up <laughs> during the scene that he's in. Um, Tony Beckley uh, as Leslie Sanford is so sweaty and so seedy as the headmistress's husband. Um, he, he, he's very, very creepy and pervy to watch. Um, there, like I said, lots and lots of um, red herrings. It's got some good twists and some plots. Um, and like I said, this is a really good take on a British Jallo. Um, so I would give this a 7 out of 10, and it's definitely worth watching. Again, this is another release by Network, and it will be available uh, on Blu-ray as of the 27th of August, 2018, and will be available on Amazon. Um, I want to say a big thank you to the people over at uh, Witchfinder PR for sending me this. Great, great, great TV Blu-rays. Um, well, well worth a look. Okay, last but certainly not least on What the Wookiee Watched, we have got Mom and Dad from 2017. Let's check out the trailer. Riley tonight? It's right. Your grandparents are coming for dinner tonight, remember? Awesome. Grandpa telling his disgusting Vietnam stories. Take my advice, don't ever have kids. Mm. Everything just revolves around you, doesn't it? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> What's the rush today? It's like you're waiting for a buffet. What's going on? Is that McKenna's mom? Multiple reports are now coming in of parents murdering their own children. Listen to me. We have to get out of the house before mom and dad come home. Parents. That was tonight. 
Okay, that was the trailer for Mom and Dad from 2017. It was directed by Brian Taylor. It was written by Brian Taylor. It stars Nicolas Cage, Selma Blair, Anne Winters, Zachary Arthur and Robert T. Cunningham. Um, Nicolas Cage is very much on unhinged form. Um, and him and Selma Blair work really, really well. Um, I think it's fair to say this is Nicolas Cage... Um, working slightly above his recent output, shall we say. Um, I don't think he's in sort of uh, I will work for food mode. Um, He is completely unhinged as he goes along in this, and this is where the film is probably at its strongest. Um, It's fairly graphic. It's graphically violent at times. There's a good amount of gore. Um, It does run out of steam towards the end. Uh, It's got a great cameo from Lance Henriksen. Um, there is uh, a particularly uh, dark scene that it, in the hospital um, involving a mother and a newborn child. Um, this is, like I said, the tone of this film is fairly uneven. Um, however, if you are a fan of the um, the Crank films, um, because this was obviously, you know, the director of Crank, um, and Crank 2, of course, directed this one. I think you'll get, you know, you'll, you'll enjoy this one. Um, I didn't mind it. It was okay. I would probably say rent it, don't buy it. Um, and I'd give it a five out of 10. So, ladies and gentlemen, our time is almost at an end. But before we go, as always, I would uh, like to give a couple shout outs. First of all, I need to give a big shout out to my glamorously gothic gal pal, CL Raven. Uh, I think they're up at Manchester Comic Con today. Um, they have been up to the Llangollen Fairy Festival. Um, so you can purchase their books uh, from them whilst you can, whilst you see them. Um, of course, I want to give a big shout out again to Mr. Peter Nielsen for being on today and being a fantastic co-host. And uh, I shall be joining him and his compadres very, very sh- uh, soon uh, on Retro Movie Geek. So uh, I'll be joining up with uh, Joel and Daryl. You can follow Daryl at The Voice One Two Three, <laughs> and you can follow them at Retro Movie Geek on Twitter at Retro Movie Geek. Of course, I want to say hello to Gidget Von LaRue and her podcasting partner in crime, Angry Man, and you can find them over at the Retro Cinema. Uh, great, great show, uh, and of course, a big shout out to Al and Jeff over at Cadavercast. Great father and son team. Fabulous show. Uh, of course, wouldn't be uh, the Undead Wookiee without me giving a shout out to uh, Jay of the Dead, Dr. Shock Dave Becker and Josh Legary over at the Horror Movie Podcast and Gregor Mortis. It's great to hear you back after a slight uh, absence, but you, you, the show seems to be up and running again and it's great to hear him back on the uh, back on the podcast in waves. Of course, I want to say a big shout out to my, the lethal one, Liam, uh, who joined me and Jay on the folk horror episode um that was a long long episode and uh, of course you can follow liam on twitter at liam uh, underscore jones 1994 um and of course you can find jay at 30 fennec and you can see his writing over at um i think it's bloody disgusting i think he's over on. i think so correct me if i'm wrong freddie jay you can stop me you'll find me there um and That, ladies and gentlemen, is all the time that we have. So, in the immortal words of Count Dracula, good night out there, whatever you are. (laughs) 
This is Al from Cadavercast. You've been listening to the Undead Wookiee. The back.